Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. I stand alone. I stand alone. Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard now 7 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are ending your work week with a massively huge show coming up later in the broadcast. Anderson Cooper from CNN, Billy Gardell from Mike and Molly, uh, but the headliner of the show, if you will, joining us in studio. He's at the Punchline this week where he is also the headliner. He is comedian Steve Burns. Steve, welcome back to the Mark Aram Show. You know, I'm always opening for Billy Gardell. Uh, I, I wonder when that's going to stop. <laughs> Is this the first time you've opened for Anderson Cooper, though? I actually did the Tonight Show uh, with Anderson Cooper. No kidding. Yeah. He's and a striking man in person. He uh, He's a good-looking dude. He's a good-looking guy. But it couldn't have been nicer, by the way. Like, I, you know, you finish your stand-up set, you walk over to the couch, and you yeah. sit down, and uh, and he couldn't have been nicer. He's really, uh, well, he's a reporter. He's asking a lot of questions yeah. about, about stand-up. It was, it was pretty cool. What incarnation of the Tonight Show were you on? Uh, that particular one, that was with uh, Jay Leno. Okay, so yeah. the, oh, the Leno uh, yeah. incarnation. What's that like? Um, as a comedian, like, do you get to, you know, do you see Leno beforehand? Is there any interaction? Because the only thing I know about behind the scenes yeah. on talk shows is the Larry Sanders show with Gary <laughs> okay, Shandling. Okay, so it's, yeah. So that's basically it's all, very... that's how I think all of them are. Is yeah. that, was it close to that? It's kind of, I mean, look, if you're, if you're working on the show, yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot to that. But uh, I had the pleasure of doing the Tonight Show um, nine times, and then the Jay Leno show, remember when he moved sure. to 10, I did that once. So yeah. I, I got to do his show 10 times, and he couldn't have been nicer. He's he's one of those guys, and I've done quite a few of those shows. He's the one that comes to your dressing room before you go on the air, okay. and there's some banter, and then afterwards, sometimes you'll come and say, hey, as well afterwards. Uh, he couldn't have been nicer. He, he was very, very sweet. Because I know some of the hosts, and Letterman might have been one of them, or maybe it was Johnny Carson, they didn't want to see... Or talk to you, or do anything beforehand. Yeah, lest it seemed like scripted. You know. Yeah, you want the spontaneity, yeah. which I completely understand. But you know, you can do it both ways. I think Leno did it both ways. I think he, his thing was to be the ultimate host. That's yeah. the way I I looked at it. Like, thank you so much for coming. Great to have you. We're gonna have so much fun. It was kind of informal and quick. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, if you're hanging out for 20 minutes, then maybe you <laughs> you got all the funnies out. So so nine times. How did you land? Gig one. What was the, the, the one break? How did you get booked on The Tonight Show uh, the first time? Well, I had done a few late night talk shows prior to, like, you know, I'd done Jimmy Kimmel Live when it was live mm -hmm. and Late Late Show. And so I had a few under my belt. And then Mark and Ross, the guys that were booking it, saw me at the Comedy Magic Club. And, you know, you go ahead and do it. And I'll tell you, the first few times, I, I you know, the experience of doing that is, you know, it's The Tonight Show. It's Huge. amazing. So yeah. the first few times you do it, you're... 
you're thinking that your family's watching, your friends are watching, millions of people are watching, and I, I felt like my heart was pounding through my shirt the first time I did it. Because it's the Tonight Show. It's kind of what every comic, at least at, at my age, group sure, kind of grew yeah. up watching That's and wanting to do. Um, so you do it, but then I realized that after the fifth time, I realized just focus on the room. Don't think about the cameras. Don't think it. Just think of it as like the 250 people there. You're, That's you're, working, you're working the punchline. Do the room. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you just do the room. And I think once I did that, I felt a lot more comfortable. But prior to, I was always so, so nervous to do I it. heard some stories. Again, this is going back, and I don't know where. The, I could be totally making this up. Yeah. That Johnny Carson's uh, people, his producer would be like, all right, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about this. You can't do this. Was, was the Leno staff hands-on about your set, about what you could or couldn't talk about? Uh, they were all. They're, you know, because they're all working for major corporations, sure, yeah. so you don't want to upset <laughs> any of the sponsors yeah. or anything. You know, you got to sell soap. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, every one of those, I, I wouldn't say that there wasn't one set I did that a joke wasn't kind of butchered, where gotcha. they kind of neutered the nucleus of what made that joke funny yeah. and how to bend it and make it tolerable for television, which kind of stinks. But at the same time, are you going to say no to? No, of course Doing not. Doing the Tonight Show, yeah, of course. And, so. and then that, but but also with Leno, especially that's that's the middle middle America audience. That is flyover country audience with Jay Leno. So I would imagine his show or his showrunners or his producer ever um, really want you to you know keep it family friendly and and on the up and up. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's family friendly necessarily, but yeah, I think it's a little more. You know, not not to say this in an insulting way, but it's a little more broad. Sure. Whereas, you know, with uh, you know, if you do Colbert, if you did Letterman back in the day, it's it's a really specific kind of more niche kind of comedy yeah. that, especially Letterman, he had a very particular taste, and I did not fit that taste. Wow, so I really? auditioned, I auditioned a few times, but yeah, I came close, but that would have that would have been one I would have liked to have had off the bucket list. But, That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if the fact that you were a regular on the Tonight Show impacted david's choice for not booking you because i know you know there's a lot of history between letterman and leno yeah did he not want a leno guy on his show kind of thing i don't know i don't know because it's true i think that there's guys like brian regan who solely did uh you know uh letterman and then yeah. you know i don't know he had a very esoteric taste and i i, I think my comedy is a little more kind of every man sure like in the vein of leno and, and again was. all my knowledge is coming from the larry sanders show where they you know <laughs> one of them would a guest would get booked on arsenio and then yeah. larry would freak out because he didn't want the guest on i think it was david spade the episode i'm sure that there's there is a lot of that that goes on behind yeah. the scenes i know like when when like Conan came into the fold, and then Fallon and Kimmel, I, I know that there is, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of competition to land those A-list guests sure. or whatever, and they, they do take their territory pretty seriously. Steve Byrne uh, from the Tonight Show with Jay Leno to the Punchline and Buckhead, the new location, uh, the beautiful space in the Landmark Diner on Roswell Road at Piedmont. Tickets available for Tonight Show. Punchline.com. <laughs> that's that's Jamie Bendel, owner of the Punchline in the Mark Aram Show studios. Um, and, and shows throughout the weekend. Yay? Nay? Maybe? Yay. <laughs> what, Yay! What are the shows this weekend, Jamie? Uh, Friday and Saturday. Okay. Six, eight, and... Six, eight, and ten. And ten. Uh, right. Maybe not. Are maybe doing, not? We're only doing eight and ten. <laughs> I don't know. We're only I was doing like eight three. And ten. Nah, it's only two. It's eight yeah, and I think ten. Eight yeah. and ten. Eight and ten. Good, because you don't want the six p.m. Steve doesn't fit the six. Letterman comics. Yeah. <laughs> do the six o'clock. That's show. right. Yes. Leno guys don't have to do the six o'clock. <laughs> so, uh, I know that uh, I don't want to keep harping on Jay Leno. No, no, no. You yeah. brought him up. You have the crush on him. He's out touring <laughs> now, doing stand up as well. Um, 
Is that something career-wise? You know, Lena went from stand-up to talk show host. Did you have a, any desire for to ever host a talk show or or branch <laughs> out and do anything else aside from the stand-up? Uh, I almost had one. I, I I'd filmed a pilot for the Esquire Network, which is uh, you know it's kind of tough to find on the dial. But no, I was I, like, hey, there's there's an opportunity have good here. There sometimes. Yeah. So I you know they'd seen me a few times. We developed this. Uh, this talk show and it, it was a blast doing but i think that what we were doing kind of didn't fit their brand mm-hmm. quote unquote um but yeah I, look it's something i think would be an absolute dream come true to get to do something like that but it's not something i pursued once i had sullivan i focused more of my attention and On you know acting. work towards well yeah I, I writing a new show so we're we're like in the in the middle of finding out if it's going to go or not, so yeah. we're 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 pretty close. It, it, you know, it's a tough it's a tough racket. It really is to develop something, to write it, to go in and pitch it, which we've just done, and then to get the notes from the network and. But go I'm over assuming that. it's easier now, right? That, oh, completely. Then the first time I did it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that that was you know. I, you know, I look back at that. I actually reread the first pilot script of Sullivan's mm-hmm. Son that I wrote on my own, and it's just like, oh, this is this is a dumpster fire. This really? is an absolute. Yeah, the bones are there and everything, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I had experience of thirty three episodes, and then that helped me do this. And yeah. you know, I'm writing a single cam now, so it's it's much different. Which means, well, multicam is you know it's the traditional sitcom. traditional yeah. Cheers yeah. Sullivan you know not putting them in the so same like the Office would be a single cam is... Office a single okay. cam Modern Family single cam uh, Modern Family definitely Modern Family and like the Office Nick from Ricky Gervais's exactly. original Office where it's sure. more of a documentary style um, so are you able to uh, let the Mark Aram Show listeners know what. Uh, network you pitched this the program to or no? Uh, I, I I don't know if I could say the network because you don't want to ever upset anybody. What well, tell <laughs> yeah. us if you can about oh, about the show itself? The show itself, the premises. Well, it, it actually was what really occurred in my life when when Sullivan someone's on the air. You know, here I am, a comedian. I think 17, 18 years, 17 years at the time of like fulfilling every comic dream. You you pack a suitcase, you go to L.A. Yeah. and Boy, wouldn't it be great to have a show or be on a show? Here I am doing it. My brother um, served, uh, I think, six years in the military. Mm-hmm. So he comes back from Iraq. His wife had blown all his savings, um, and he comes back with PTSD and all. You know, a lot of really? things that a lot of these brave men and women suffer through. So, so he came and he actually lived in our little guest house by our pool. Uh, for you know two and a half three years and so the the premise of the show is this comedian who's living out his dreams and everything's on the up and I and just had a daughter at the time and mm-hmm. you know try to keep your family give give them some sense of security and then in comes what well, this human IED yeah. <laughs> right into my life and so it's it's a matter of balancing my life and then helping my younger brother sure. out and getting his getting him back on his feet and you know, the thing you learn is that you're never going to get over those things. It, it just comes to you got to live with it, and uh, well, you know uh, that's that's something that's as far as I know has never been tackled uh, with a program like that. So that I think that'd be very interesting. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I I hope it comes to fruition. I think it. I think it will. Um, if you I, want me to punch up the pilot, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need help with the cold open. If you could, <laughs> yeah, you could help me out with that. Yeah. Let me, so you, you mentioned talking to Steve Byrne. He's at the punchline this weekend. Tickets available online. Punchline. 
Com. What's the percentage of failure rate for those people that pack their bags and say, I'm going to L.A. to be a, a stand-up oh, comic? I mean, it's got to be 98%, right? Or it's more. overwhelming, yeah. I, I I think in terms of just people that literally say, I want to be a comic in general. Yeah. Uh, people that started in New York that I started with don't do it anymore. People yeah. that moved to L.A. and want to get things going. So many of those people I've seen over the years have tucked tail and moved back home and stuff. So it, I, I think that the, you know, it's also what, what is your barometer of success? Yeah. You know, I mean, Roof there's over my head. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, there's a lot of people that find bliss in, in the achievement or, or the, um, the pursuit of, of up comedy. So, you know, if somebody didn't want to work in a cubicle and would rather pursue stand-up i mean there's the win right there for that for that individual so i, th- I think it, it depends really what your barometer is i'm gonna have buford my producer do the 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 stats on this i bet it's tougher to make it a living as a stand-up comedian than it is uh as a professional athlete wrong no think about it i'm saying professional i'm not saying big league i'm saying professional athlete well so, so like what minor level? league baseball players and all these all these guys pursuing their dreams of superstardom. So every year there's there's thirteen hundred kids drafted into the major league baseball draft. And out of those thirteen hundred, four will ever have a five year career in the in the major you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Uh, I got you. I'll have you for do this. All right. You don't have to worry about the match. Actually, I take that back. (laughs) I would would track, I retract my wrong. All right. We have an Asian guy in here, actually. He'll do the math. (laughs) I was waiting for, I was was going to jump in and do that. But Jewish guy and an Asian guy, we'll take care of it, Jamie. I'll stay back. Hang out one more second, Steve. Yeah, of course. We'll come right back. Uh, Steve Byrne is at the punchline this weekend. Go see him uh, tonight and then two shows Saturday and Sunday, 8 and 10 p.m. Hang tight. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show coming up later in the program. CNN's Anderson Cooper. Or should I say the moles, Anderson Cooper? I would say the gorgeous. The gorgeous the Anderson Cooper. The, the dreamy, dreamy Anderson, Anderson Cooper, Cooper, yeah. Right. And, uh, and the also dreamy Billy Gardell, who uh, I, I already recorded that interview, Jamie. And I mentioned the punchline and his... Uh, his performances at the punchline. Can I say this about Gardell? Yeah. Sometimes when you know when people get famous, they turn into not the most pleasant of people. Sure. Gardell has always been a great guy, but once he achieved, you know, his success and fame, it's almost like he became nicer. Really? I, he's one of those few people that I've I've come across in my life that is like just a great dude, but then once he hit that Mike and Molly series, it just became even better than uh, even I, I think he just was so much more grateful of of the opportunity and you rarely see that when when this uh, PTSD show makes it big <laughs> yeah. I expect you to become even nicer than you are now I know that's tough Steve but I want you to I'll come follow. in offering back rubs <laughs> yeah, and exactly scented right. candles yeah exactly following Billy's footsteps um, all right punchline this weekend tonight tomorrow and Sunday no Sunday uh, tomorrow no tonight and Saturday I got kids. I got to get home Sunday. Right. Yeah. So let's let's lay out exactly. <laughs> right, let's reset. See this Recap. Guy. When can we see this guy? Eight and ten. Saturday, Tonight, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday. All right. right. So you have time right now. Drive over to the Punchline in Buckhead, Piedmont, and Roswell Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want, the whole tomorrow. show will be great. But if you really want to be time efficient, Steve would probably go on around eight forty-five ish. 
He's a for diva the like 8 that. o'clock he show. Make, well, he's like Lauren Hill. I'm he shows up two hours. I'm later saying your listeners can hang out and miss probably only the final segment of this show to get out of the oh, car and cool. go in and see all Steve. Right. I'm sorry. We want we want to know all about you, Steve. Where can we find you online and all that good stuff? Backpage.com. No. Steve Byrne Life. B Y R N E. B Y R N E. Everything. Twitter, all that stuff. It's all Steve. You related to Jessica Byrne from Breezy Point, New York? No, no. Should I know her? Or no, I'm know. sure she's I went lovely. To with her. She's a friend. Sure, That's she's all. lovely. She's very lovely. Stunning, girl. stunning. Right? She can throw down the whiskey. <laughs> she can't throw yeah. down. The- you do know Jess. <laughs> I know her. All right. Pasty, right? Yeah. Hates <laughs> the sun. Pasty. Yeah. <laughs> Pasty Irish girl likes to drink. <laughs> yeah. Jessica Bird. Hope you're listening. All right, uh, Steve. As always, a pleasure. Best of luck with the uh, pilot. And uh, thank you. I'll be looking forward to seeing it on TV. Uh, we'll come back. News, weather, and traffic next. This is the Mark Aram Show. Hey, yo. Hey there, this is Patrick Warburton, and you are listening to the Mark Aram Show. Who, by the way, stole my Jesus fish. Joining us now on the program, uh, your favorite CNN personality and mine, world-famous host of 360, Mr. Anderson Cooper. Anderson, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Uh, Forgive my ignorance. In in your tenure at CNN, did you ever spend time here at the headquarters in Atlanta? You know, I would, when I first started at CNN, um, I would come down to Atlanta every weekend. Uh, Like, things initially didn't go very well for me at CNN, and... They were sort of trying to figure out why I'd been hired and what I was supposed to be doing there. And so to kind of save myself, I, they needed somebody on the weekends to anchor. So I would fly down on a Friday, and I would anchor about eight hours on Saturday and eight hours on Sunday. I would take all the slots nobody else wanted, you know, starting at, I don't know, 5 or 6 a.m., and I would go to like 11 or 12 at night, and I would anchor throughout the day. Um, and that's really how I kind of saved myself at CNN because stuff started to happen on the weekend. So um, I, I, I spent a lot of time in Atlanta, but I was always pretty much in the bureau uh, all weekend long because I was just working. But I love Atlanta. It's such a great town. I have a lot of relatives there. It, it, it's weird because obviously the, the, you know, Atlanta is the home of CNN, and it's very near and dear to a lot of folks' hearts here. And it's kind of tough for us to see everything move kind of to, to New York City um, and, and taking away the larger imprint here in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of the nighttime broadcasts and stuff have, have moved up to, to New York. But look, I mean, CNN is, is always going to be based in Atlanta. I mean, there's CNN International, CNN Espanol, there's, you know, a ton of digital stuff. So, I mean, the, the heart of CNN is still very much Atlanta and, uh, and will remain that. Is this right? It's, uh, 360 debuted in 2003. Was it really that long ago? Yeah, it's crazy it's been that long. Um, yeah, because I started in CNN like around, I don't know, the, the, at the end of 2001, the beginning of 2002, and then it took uh, about a year, then I got a show. and So yeah, it's been, it's been that way. Do you, do you like the way the show has evolved now to, to what it is in its present state? 
Yeah, look, I mean, I think, you know, shit like this, it, it's constantly evolving and it constantly changes. I mean, one night you think it's going to be one thing, and then, you know, uh, I mean, last night, you know, you get breaking news right before the show goes on about Mike Flynn, and, and something, you know, you throw out everything you've done and everything you planned, and it becomes something else. So um, I think that's the that's the key to a news program, and, and I'm, I'm real happy with it. I, I mean, I, I watch the show every night. Uh, I'm a big fan, and I wonder... You know, they just keep adding adding panelists to you, to your show. How do you keep track of everyone's name and especially their titles? Because everyone's got these convoluted senior executive correspondent to this and that. How do you how do you memorize all that stuff? Yeah, the title the titles are hard. I mean, the names aren't because it's you know it's you're kind of cast the characters and and you stick with them. But uh, but yeah, the titles I get confused on all the time. Are they a contributor and analyst? Um, and I think I probably mess them up a, a fair amount of time, but but nobody seems to mind. Well, I, I tune in as as does much of uh, the world, um, hoping at some point uh, you're just going to give us a hug and say, "Listen, everything's going to be all right." Is, is, is that, <laughs> well, yeah. Is that so. day coming <laughs> where everything's well, going to be maybe all right? Someday. It's a, it's it's a crazy world we live in. Uh, but uh, without further ado, uh, you have a New York uh, Times bestseller out called "The Rainbow Comes and Goes." Tell us about your book, Anderson. Yeah, it's uh, it's a book I actually wrote with my mom, and um, it's uh, the paperback just came out with a whole new chapter, um, and it's basically uh, a, a conversation I, I had with my mom uh, from the time she turned from ninety one her ninety first birthday to her ninety second birthday, and. When she turned 91, I realized, you know, she's not going to be around forever, and, and I don't want there to be anything left unsaid between us. And I think a lot of us, a lot of people, you know, you never, some, sometimes you don't change the relationship you have with your parents. They're, they're your parents, and you don't really get to know them as an adult or in a new way. And, and I think I wanted to, to basically kind of discover who my mom was and as a person, not just as my parent. And, um, and so that's what we set about doing. And I started asking her questions and we did it over email because it made it easier and, and it was more convenient and less awkward. Um, and then over time she started asking me questions and it became this amazing dialogue between us that really changed our relationship forever and became the most kind of important year of, of our lives. And, um, we realized about halfway through that, that we hoped this would encourage, we thought we'd make it into a book to, to encourage other people to try to change their relationship with somebody in their life, particularly with an aging parent. What what was your relationship with your mom before you started? I mean, did did this help your relationship or? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we we've always been close because my dad died when I was ten, and and so it was just me and my my brother and I, uh, my mom, and my brother killed himself when I, he was twenty three and I was twenty one, and um, so it was really just my mom and my and I for most of our lives. So, um, you know, we've been close, but but I, there was just a lot of stuff I didn't know about her, and I never really asked her, and she never really talked about herself, and. Obviously, there, you know, she's been in the public eye for, for, for a long time. And so, you know, I, I would read stuff about her, but I never really kind of went in depth with her about it. And so to, to do this in, a, in, in what turned out to be the book is, is really what the idea was. And, um, and it really made me realize how much like my mom I am and how similar we are, which I never really considered before. The book is called uh, The Rainbow Comes and Goes, A Mother and Son on Life, Love, and Loss. Anderson Cooper and his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt. It's on uh, via paperback now, um, which is great. So check it out at your local booksellers. Uh, Anderson Cooper on The Mark Aram Show. You've, you've, got a, you've had a pretty amazing career so far, buddy. Um, is there anything yeah, broadcast-wise? I mean, you have did the presidential debate this year. You do the Times Square New Year's Eve. You've got 360. Is there something... Uh, a broadcasting feather that you do not have yet in your cap that you're looking to get? 
Uh, I'd like to do like an ice capade show. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, look, I, I, I'm really blessed in, in all the stuff I've been able to do. I work at 60 Minutes on, on the side, and, and um, you know, uh, I do a tour with Andy Cohen uh, every now and then around the country, uh, kind of telling stories uh, between us uh, from the world of pop culture and, and, uh, and world events. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to, to exercise different muscles and do a variety of things, and, and CNN is, you know, is an amazing place to work, and send me, they send me all around the world, and you're not just behind an anchor desk. They want you out in the field on the, the breaking waves of history. So it's, it's a huge honor, and, and I'm really blessed. You must have done uh, that uh, Andy Cohen tour recently in New York because about 12 girls I went to college with all posted Facebook pictures of you guys. Um, I, we, we did. We were just <laughs> in New York, and we have shows, uh, I think, in Louisville coming up and in Indianapolis. And, uh, yeah, there's a website, ac2live.com. People can, can find out where we're going to be. A- Andy, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Andy on, on Stern show, but, oh, my goodness, right, yeah. that is amazing stuff. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Anderson. It was great. All right, take care. See you, buddy. Joining us now on the Mark Aram Show, a man who I've seen perform on the Punchline stage, I'm going to say more than a dozen times, Billy Gardell joins us on the Mark Aram Show. How are you, Billy? Hey, man. Good morning. Uh, thanks for coming back on the show. I don't know if you were, you were on the Mark Aram Show about a decade ago. Your buddy Jamie brought you by. Uh, That's and, right. And it's, it's good to have you back, and it's good uh, to see you on a new series coming up on CMT, playing a legendary musical figure. Tell us about this. Yeah, I'm, uh, there's a show coming out on CMT uh, called Sun Records. It's based on the Million Dollar Quartet and the birth of rock and roll. And uh, there's a lot of wonderful historic uh, characters you're going to see at the beginning of their careers, like Elvis and Johnny Cash. Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, Ike Turner, B.B. King, and I get to play the devious Colonel Tom Parker, who became uh, Elvis's legendary manager. And uh, Colonel Tom, I mean, he's they're, they're just oodles and oodles of stories about this dude and, and the relationship he had with Elvis. Yeah, he, uh, he had a very strange uh, codependent relationship, I think, to both of them did with each other. But uh, this is, even before that, this is kind of the collision course that got him to Elvis. That's just one of our storylines. The main storyline is uh, Sam Phillips uh, breaking Sun Records wide open and, and bursting this sound called rock and roll into the airwaves with his cousin Dewey Phillips. And, uh, and what we see, the colonel's development is he starts as a con man, and then he gets his hands on Eddie Arnold, then Hank Snow, then finally on Elvis. So that's kind of my arc through the story. But there's six storylines, and they're all really interesting. I mean, you have the beginning of Jerry Lee Lewis and, and Jim, his cousin Jimmy Swagger and how they were as kids, and Johnny Cash coming off the farm, and, and Elvis trying to trying to find his, his way and, 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 and steal that gospel sound, which was what made him what he was. So it's really, it's a beautiful piece shot by Roland Joffe, who directed The Killing Fields. And, you know, it's just, um, it's something special, and I'm really glad I got to be a part of it. And it was fun to play a guy that was a bad guy. Like, you know, I played Mike on Mike and Molly, and he was just sweet and did the right thing all the time, where the colonel We'll do whatever it takes to get the deal done. Billy Gardell on the Mark Aram Show. Uh, Sun Records, February 23rd at 10 p.m. on CMT. Uh, I'm assuming this is set in the 50s. Is this the first period piece kind of show you've ever done? Yes. it's uh, Yes. Yes on both of those. It's set in 1952, and, um, it, and it is the first time, time period piece I got to do, which was really great because the city of Memphis really opened its arms to us. I mean, they turned streets into... 
it was like going in the Wayback Machine. I mean, all the cars were from 1952, and the outfits, and, and, you know, the civil rights movement was going on, and rock and roll was just being born. And it was just, it was an amazing time to be uh, a part of for a little while, like it, to be a part of that history of rock and roll. I would imagine the uh, the outfits alone. I mean, what, what was wardrobe like trying to, yeah, trying to find that? Too. I look like an evil Colonel Sanders. I got the <laughs> sucker suits, and, and I got the boater hats, and I got, uh, you know, the cigars. And it, it was very, very cool to because to, it really lended itself to being in those characters. And, and being in Memphis where we shot, you know, the history of, of, of what happened in Memphis uh, in those days was the city kind of became a character of the show. So it was, it was really great. You you mentioned uh, Mike and Molly, obviously. Uh, too bad your uh, former co-star just can't get things going career-wise. I mean, <laughs> Melissa's just yeah, struggling. Get some work soon. Unbelievable what what's she's what's been so going on with her. Man. She she's phenomenal. We we knew that right when Bridesmaids came out. We knew wow, she's just going to shoot through the roof. And you know, she's a lovely, wonderful, beautiful person. On top of that, so I feel very honored to have been. Uh, her scene partner for six years, and have even more so being her friend. She's she's really a lovely. And and she's been nailing the uh, Sean Spicer Saturday Night Live thing. She's I got mean, him down, man. She's got him down to the letter. I love it. She's crushing it, uh, Billy. Uh, this is awesome. I can't wait. It is February twenty third. It's uh, Sun Records, uh, ten p.m. Eastern here in Atlanta on CMT. Do you ever get a chance to come back to uh, to Atlanta? Yeah, I love Atlanta, man. Atlanta was very pivotal to me. I met my wife there, I met my manager there, and the punchline was uh, always a second home to me. In fact, I'm going to come back to do the punchline sometime over the summer, uh, probably for one night, just because uh, I just like to go back there and put my feet back on the ground. Well, please let me know uh, what, when you're coming. I'd love to see you again. You, you had some amazing sets there on the punchline stage. I will. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate right. it, buddy. You got it, man. Have a great day. Thanks. Hang tight. Friday edition of... The Mark Aram Show. One, two, three. She can't use a new friend. But I can set you up like Kaiser and walk straight at the end. I'm done with ice and charms. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. 96 miles. Bad click on the stroll. Welcome back to the Mark Aram Show. Coming straight up ahead is news, weather, and traffic, of course, and then more fun and frivolity. But I do have another giveaway for you tonight. I have a four pack of two day passes to the Oyster Fest at Steamhouse Lounge. So let's do the seventh caller to 404-741-0750. Seventh caller to 404-741-0750. You will win the four-pack of tickets, two-day passes to the Oyster Fest, and uh, I will be there. I'll be there on Saturday for sure, so uh, check that out. All right, coming up, more fun from the Mark Aram Show. It's the Friday edition after news, weather, and traffic. This is the Mark Aram Show on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.